I mean, I don't want to get too political about it. I just I wonder sometimes we invoke these things so reflexively in the notion of liberal democracy as if it were a proven deductive good. I'm going to let you have the last word on that. Okay. And, uh, and, 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 yeah. Go um, ahead. So this is a more practical question directed through the whole panel. Uh, hopefully people will decide the issue a little bit. Um, the word mercenary has been thrown around a lot. And, you know, um, we talked about mercenaries being flown in from Ukraine and Belarus and Serbia and mercenaries from Chad, of course, were the most prominent or featured. And yet for all that talk and for all their military victories, the rebels have been unable to provide much documentary evidence of their actually ever being uh, mercenaries. So it seems that the regime forces are actually loyalists as opposed to foreigners brought in to maim and kill anybody who opposes the regime. Uh, this is compared to, for instance, the 08-08-08 war when the Russian military was actually able to provide um, evidence of mercenaries from Ukraine fighting on the side of Georgia. Now, it could have been fabricated evidence, but at least they tried. Um, as far as the rebels go, all we have is blurry pictures of chatty and guest worker cards and a couple of photographs of mock executions, or maybe even not mock. So it, it's not very convincing at this point that there's a large mercenary force propping up the regime in Libya or um, you know anywhere else for that matter. Well, Saudi Arabia is a different case there. It is, there are actually mercenaries, but um, Libya is, I think, the one that we talk about the most when we talk about the regime forces being brought in from the outside. Well, I read news for newspapers all the time when I'm in Europe, and it's filled with pictures of which, which members of which units in the Yugoslav army, the Bosnian militia, the Bosnian Srpska militia, who are now in central Libya, and they're trying to fight their way out by being surrounded by locals. I mean, there's kind of like gory details in color on these Serbian and Bosnian and Croatian newspapers all over the place. I urge you to look at outside of U.S. and uh, European mainstream Go to the Arabic side, you can find plenty of, of evidence of mercenary activity in Libya on behalf of Gaddafi. The, no, the notion that Gaddafi has Libyans fighting on his behalf, that's really problematic. And I, I appreciate your, your um, skepticism and your demand for more evidence, but uh, the evidence is there. And by the way, it is, a, it is a, uh, what's very interesting is that these guys commit, com, uh, commit war crimes. And these are the same guys who are, who are in Congo, in East into the Lake Districts. You know, they fly all over the world and they wreak havoc everywhere. And we know who they are. We know who they're in the companies that hire them are. There was a big contract. I'm not going to tell you which country the country that the company has the Qaddafi contract, but it's all over the media. And it's a lot of money. $2,000 per guy, per head. That's what the company gets. What, what they pay the guys, it depends on which country you come from. Look it up. Don't, don't wait for LA, New York Times, or Chicago Tribune to find that stuff for you, because they're not going to do it. No, I, on the mercenary thing, I, I, I think uh, Issa is right. There, there is plenty of evidence. And actually, somebody did a, a, a rundown of uh, Libyan Air Force pilots who were detected. There are no Libyan Air Force pilots left on the side. Who is flying those planes are not Libyan. Whether they're Ukrainian or Serbian or Chadian, doesn't matter. They're not Libyan, because all Libyan pilots have been accounted for. change 
I'll, I'll, I'll touch on the, the, the Gulf question about Saudi Arabia. Bahrain is different from the other Gulf states. That, that causeway between Saudi Arabia and, and Bahrain was built precisely for this eventuality in order to, to, to be able, well, one of the reasons it was built was to make it easier for Saudi troops to, to occupy uh, Bahrain. Um, I, I, you know, I, and, and I don't see it happening in Oman. Oman's a, a bigger, different, more independent place. And I don't see these types of revolutions breaking out in UAE, Qatar, or Kuwait. So I think it's really something. But Saudis are directly involved in events in Yemen. They're directly involved in events in Egypt and extended onward. That's for sure. I mean, not necessarily with manpower, but with money and influence, and they, they, they kind of give cover for the, the regime that they want in power. Why do you think the American, the, the coalition, the intervention is, is, is on behalf of the Arabic side? they hold it up? talking about Libya. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they could do that. Um, yes. Uh, um, there's some like, implications of what the U.S. just recently sent over Asian 30 gunships and Asian warthogs, which are specifically designed to destroy Soviet-era tanks, which the Libyan Army has, and Asian 30 is a purely ground attack platform, both of them are, for the implications of that for the rebel um, chances, because that would pretty much virtually neutralize uh, any armor and artillery advantage that Alpha would have. And then also, Dr. Booney, you mentioned arming the rebels and all that, which brought to mind, like, um, you know, Afghanistan in the 80s. Um, wouldn't, um, if the U.S. or any Western country started arming the rebels, sending in special forces training or something like that, would that not almost delegitimize the rebel movement um, in like the wider popular opinion of the Middle East as kind of as making it more Western back than now where it's just kind of the Western military is kind of just they're supporting it but they're not really coordinating cooperating with it. Legitimate rebellions against dictatorship in the Middle East. This would be the first. This would be great. But, but, but wouldn't that kind of... I don't buy the nonsense that people would actually be acting uh, in the opposite direction. I think they would actually applaud it if the Americans actually intervened for the right reason. I mean, a lot of people actually applauded the Saddam Hussein. I mean, of course, the context was different. And they didn't trust the Americans. They knew that a lot of oil was behind, you know, the kind of these calculations. Oh, that's, that's what these cynics would say. And they always pointed out, oh, they supported Saddam Hussein for all these years, especially in the war against Iran and million and a half people dead, da, 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 da. So, I think it's, it would not necessarily be a, a negative thing. I think people now just think America's full of crap. They don't trust anything that comes out of Washington. And that's pretty dangerous for the United States to be a, a, supposedly an arbiter in conflicts around the world and supposedly the kind of the guy, the, the player who's going to resolve problems in Palestine, in Israel. Right? Hmm. That's, that's, that's pretty dangerous to go back to have nobody trust you. I do think that the United States is creating some friends in Libya. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the real question is going to be whether or not the, the Libyan rebels, who we, who we clearly are supporting, are, are going to be able to, to uh, develop 
a military force which is capable with air support from uh, you know, the United States, mostly in France and Britain, of actually retaking urban areas, and especially Cirque and Tripoli. And I'm, I'm reasonably optimistic that will happen. It, it, I, I do, you know, the, whether or not how this is going to be perceived in the wider Middle East, there's an enormous amount of skepticism about the United States. <laughs> uh, and this isn't going to necessarily dispel it outside of Libya. I actually think that we're going to, that the Libyans will probably remember. I mean, France first and a second if, if this turns out reasonably well with the, the victory, with the, with the deposition of, of, of Gaddafi and a rebel victory, so, I mean, yes ma'am. I'm a little confused, because from what I've heard on the news and then here, I think it seems like we're going back and forth in terms of whether we're supporting the rebels or not in Libya, and it's my understanding that we're not really supporting the rebels, it's, it's not that clear that it's kind of an inadvertent support, that we don't necessarily embrace their movement because we don't have this cohesive movement, and although we want a regime change, we don't necessarily want the, the rebels. Uh, am, am I missing something? Or? Yeah, but what? Once, I, I mean, I know it's semantics. Nobody's saying that. Uh, well, the United States is saying its policy is regime change, but they're not going to use force to do it. Uh, but really, the the the, the ground level uh, impact <coughs> of uh, the no-fly zone plus, as I call it, uh, is in fact an attempt to bring about. Regime rightly or wrong, we can argue whether it's right or not, whether it's illegal or not, and all that, that's a separate issue. But very clearly, I think that uh, at least the European powers uh, believe that, uh, for whatever reason, that uh, they want a regime change. Right, right, but we're not... ask you to recall the Yugoslavia incident. That horrible, horrible decade for us from that part of the world. And what has happened since? Has anything been resolved? We look very cynically at the intervention in all our buddies, the ones who, according to your calculations, we've, we've embraced the Americans for saving us. They didn't save anything. They've colonized us, according to some people. Others will remember very long, well, you let us die here for three years while you did nothing. And by the way, did they, they intervene, kind of, uh, no-fly zone plus also, did Milosevic's regime fall? Did the Republic of Srpska uh, not uh, emerge as kind of a safe zone for the people who have perpetrated this war in the first place. So let's, let's be comparative here. And, oh, I guess that's kind of my point, though. We're not necessarily just for supporting the rebels, right? Well, it's a de facto support war as opposed to the Nazi politics. I think that's what we felt like we aligned ourselves with a particular de facto support. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's very cruel to the people who are dying there in the sands of Libya. Very right. cruel. Chip. Um, First, I, I would point out that many European states, including Germany, very specifically said this is not a regime change. Obama himself has said it's not a regime change. And the uh, 1973 states, it cannot be a regime change. If you may say, OK, well, that's just the law. But in fact, law has some power and it imposes costs when you disobey it. Um, second, there's a puzzle I can't understand. Maybe you can enlighten me. Um, Gaddafi was our best friend for three years. He was fighting the Libyan independent force, which is Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda in the Maghreb. The largest contingent in um, Afghanistan with Al-Qaeda was from Libya. Uh, he accused the rebels of being Al-Qaeda, whether they are or not, it's another thing. 
but undoubtedly elements there are linked to people who are linked to people in Al-Qaeda, whatever Al-Qaeda is, of course, that's a whole discussion too. So the, the question is, why did we change so suddenly? I, just, I think it's got to be more complicated than just uh, all of a sudden the Arab League came to us and asked, uh, or Hillary Clinton and uh, uh, Ambassador Rice, Secretary Clinton and Ambassador Rice came to the President and persuaded him. Two, uh, refugees. Two million Libyans fleeing. Uh, well, we don't. They don't come to America, so they come to Europe. Yeah, but the Europeans could uh, have some some way to stop. We, we did ninety-five percent of the, the the rocket ship attacks. So why did we change? Well, again, my my thesis weren't here is that they're not really regime change. It's to stop the refugee crisis that's bound to happen if Gaddafi regains. So why do we care about that? Because it destabilized Italy, it destabilizes neighboring countries, Tunisia, Egypt. Why do we care? Why, why does the United States care about refugees in Europe? Yeah, why do we care? I'm I agree with Esau on this. I think that our, our, our allies in Europe, we twist their arms to get them to help us in Afghanistan or wherever, and so they twisted ours to help them with, with Libya. But it doesn't okay. mean that Qaddafi is gone. Qaddafi stays. They're just going to have a big, uh, nice safe zone. I, can I agree with this, that Haiti the same thing. but. Um, so what you're saying is that the change was Europe asked for a quid pro quo for, for the favors that we've been, they've been give, giving us. But they waited for a month. For month. To make sure that the resistance wasn't a real resistance. Mm -hmm. well, I can buy that. Uh, someone who hasn't asked a question. Uh, Abbas. Hi. Aggressive move on their part, not to say anything uh, <laughs> on behalf of the people who are rising up 
the defense of their family against the regime. And I think it served the interests of uh, larger Europe and American uh, uh, oil industry and uh, defense industry, security industries, construction companies. I mean, a lot of people made money off Gaddafi since uh, since the 70s. So I think it was a very aggressive move on the part of Europe and the Americans not to intervene in the very first in the, in the first place. They're clearly not behind removing this guy from power. They have intervened, however, when things got to the point where you know people were just now borderline fleeing the country. Recall, hundreds of thousands were going to Libya. They were pushing onto the border into uh, Egypt. They were going on boats by the tens of thousands for Lampedusa, for Malta, for Sicily. Once that started to happen, then new things happened. By the way, the bling bling foreign ministry of France, uh, which is uh, you see all over French newspapers, is you know, completely devouring this stupid regime. But the same day they met with the rebels publicly, they met with Gaddafi's guys secretly. Well, so what's that all about? What does that say to you about Sarkozy's uh, kind of principles? And and he's been called out by his by French intellectuals, the left. Obviously, he's an obvious. Uh, Opponent. Nevertheless, he's been called out by the Figaro, by all, all the all sides in French politics. Which is bravo to them, I guess. We st they still have a dynamic kind of intellectual class that still writes newspapers and communicates with each other. So, and my colleagues would want to maybe respond to that as well. I think the left sucks, by the way, in this country. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in this room I'm not on the left. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, you know, the, the, the realities uh, that people have to face on the ground forces them to make choices they might not be happy with. Uh, the, the, the fact is that uh, we, might, we might think that American intervention uh, was late, and I, uh, I think that given the way things normally move, it was, uh, it was pretty quick, but Ethel's point is well taken, that it was too late uh, for Gaddafi to be able to uh, get the resources he needed survive possibly. We don't know yet. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, uh, but the reality is that if you were uh, in Benghazi uh, five days ago, a week ago, uh, you weren't thinking of what America's real intention was behind the situation. You were just glad that they intervened. Yeah, well, that's, from, that's, obviously that's from Benghazi, but I'm saying right. from our You, you critics of American capitalist empire, please, please, I beseech you, watch this beautiful woman at work, Tawakul Karman, people in power, Al Jazeera, the latest issue, and she's such a wonderful, brave Yemeni woman who stood up, got arrested, and people went behind her and, and brought her out of prison. Not one person spoke on her behalf in the United States, left or right or center, mainstream media, alternative media. But go watch this woman. The people around her, they trust her, but she's been sabotaged constantly by the U.S. Embassy, by the left who say nothing. I mean, these are the people we have to celebrate, we have to embrace. Let's, not, let's stop this power politics crap, you know, we're picking one side or the other. And screw America and screw Saudi Arabia and screw Soviet Union and, and, and Russia, they all, they all suck. The people on the ground, like this woman, go see her. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing story. She's, she's just one of them. And there are millions and millions that like these people out there. Those are the people we need to embrace and teach in our classes. Screw the guys in the suits. They suck. <laughs> what, what, one last question from. Um, with the situation in Egypt with religion, and obviously Bahrain with the Sunni Shia, and obviously Iraq with the protests, not as great. But do 
have their way. The regimes have their way, yes. Uh, as you know, we don't know whether this is true or not, because Ali, I think, has been thrown under the bus to placate people. Uh, but one of the charges against him that, uh, is that he and the interior ministry were behind organizing the bombing of the churches in December. So, uh, and, and, and those regimes are perfectly capable of playing that game. I think the Bahrainis played that game, uh, and the Saudis did too. And I wouldn't put it past Assad to play that game if it came down to that. Uh, it's really up to the people on the ground whether they fall for it or not. I mean, you know what happened in Iraq. It was played in Iraq very successfully. Yeah. Okay, we actually have time for one last question. Yes, please. Um, part of Obama's speech last night, I think, was meant to sort of sell the American public on what intervention. Do you think he was successful in doing that? And what do you think Obama can do uh, to sort of swing uh, American, like American public opinion? Get Gaddafi out of power soon would be really the, the, the best outcome for Obama to actually have it done, ended, and over with. So, and I, and, and one expects that that's his goal. Whether he sold people or not, it, it, uh, he was getting criticized from a lot of different directions for the way he did it, for how long he waited, and everything else. So I'm not sure he's gonna sell everyone on it until Gaddafi's gone. Look, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, does American public opinion on this really matter at this point? <laughs> it really doesn't. Uh, what's gonna happen is, no, no I'm, I'm not, I'm not dissing American people here. What I'm saying is that uh, what is going to happen on the ground is going to happen in respect to what American public opinion says at this point. Uh, yes, if this became a prolonged civil war, which looks like it's becoming, and Keith has convinced that that's what's going to happen, uh, then it will matter what American public opinion is. But at this point in time, uh, as Mike was saying, you know, if, if, there's a, if the Americans withdraw into the background that the French and the British do their bombing for them or whatever, whatever the deal is with NATO. I think that it's, it's, it really doesn't matter. Uh, I, after all, he's a uh, non-American born Muslim in disguise trying to overthrow the <laughs> 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 right? So, 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 yeah. Well, I would like to thank you all for coming to our second panel on the Mideast conflict. Uh, let me, on an entirely different note, remind you again that we have flyers for our summer Arabic uh, intensive program. I, I'm going to plug it all. I'm going to keep plugging.